Our second reading comes from the God, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> from the Acts of the Apostles in the 10th chapter. And prior to our reading, we read in the 10th chapter that the Apostle Peter is residing in Joppa and he receives a vision from the Lord telling him that Jews and Gentiles are, that nothing is unclean in the eyes of the Lord. And at the same time, an angel visits a Roman centurion named Cornelius. And the angel tells uh, Cornelius to send for Peter to come to his house to teach him what he knows. So uh, Cornelius sends for Peter. Peter is told by the Holy Spirit to go with these men. They all travel back to the house of Cornelius. And then Cornelius uh, meets Peter and tells him about the angel that has come. Meanwhile, Peter is ruminating on this vision that he's received from the Lord. And we pick up the story then in verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ? He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did in both in Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is an important day in the lives of Collins and William. So I'm just going to preach to you two guys today. And the rest of y'all can listen in and see if you can get anything out of it. But to you guys who worked so hard, who spent this whole year, this past year, putting up with me on Sunday mornings, listening to what I had to say, who 
uh, went to the events that we held, the, the trips to the synagogue, the uh, time the, that we spent last summer in service to our community. Uh, William, who went on our confirmation retreat for a whole weekend, Collins, who tried his best to go in the darn uh, pandemic, uh, knocked that out, uh, unfortunately. I just want to remind you one last time of that lesson, that basic foundation that I tried to lay every time uh, that we met. It's the same message that Peter has here in his summary of the gospel when he is preaching the gospel to these people for the first time they've heard it he wants to get it to them in a nutshell and he says that our faith is all about the good news of peace and when you guys come forward and you commit yourselves to this church and to a life led in the gospel of jesus christ you are committing yourselves to a life of peace. The word peace is in Hebrew, shalom. And it means a life of reconciling relationships. A life of right relationships. Of seeking good, healthy, well relationships in your life and in your community and in your church. Peter says faith and righteousness. Part of what Peter says and what you will be promising in just a minute is that you will commit yourselves to serving Jesus as your Lord, who is the Prince of Peace. And by living like Jesus did, which Peter says is going around doing good, your promises say you will resist evil, injustice, and oppression. It says that you will heal those who are oppressed by the devil, which means evil in your community, things that you see, people who are broken and hurting. You are called to be a part of healing, seeking healthy, peaceful relationships. I'll remind you again, you can make this commitment and hope to live in this way only by the Holy Spirit relying on what God has already done in your life and what God will continue to do by grace as you dedicate your life to Him, you give your life to Him, you focus your life on His power. God has acted first. Through Jesus, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the message Peter brings. Jesus went to death on the cross, and there God defeated sin and death and raised him up on the third day to confirm the victory that Christ had won. And this victory is not just in the cosmic and historic scale. It is active in your life by the faith that you will claim today, that you will confess today. See, God has been, Peter recognizes that God has been active in the house of Cornelius before Peter ever got there. 
And God has been active in your lives before this day. The power of what God has done in Jesus Christ has made active in your life through the word. The word that you've heard in Sunday school. That you've received through mentors in the church. The people you can look around. Look, take a minute and look around at the folks that are here who love you. Who have poured into your life the grace of God in Jesus Christ. It's made active through your family, through the service work that you have done. Through it all, God has been making peace through the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiving your sin, healing your oppression by the devil. For you guys, even before you were aware of it, you were marked and sealed for faith in Jesus Christ. You were washed clean of your sin and made a part of Christ's holy church. And in today, when you come forward, we remember your baptism and you will confess for yourselves that faith and promise to serve Jesus as your Lord in the church, in this church. And we as a church will confirm the work that God has done in their lives, the work that we have witnessed, and give thanks and praise to God for that work. In these days, peace is hard to find. It's hard to see. Peter couldn't imagine peace in his day between Roman oppressors and Jewish oppressed people. He couldn't imagine it. It took a vision directly from Jesus Himself, an angel's visit and a witness to the work of the Holy Spirit being poured out to convince Him that peace was possible. But once He is convinced, He knows then, and He proclaims to the people that no one can stop the work of the Holy Spirit that is being done in the lives of Cornelius and his household, the work that they are witnessing. And I tell you today, when these young men come forward and confess their faith, the Holy Spirit will be at work today and no one can stop that work of peace. No one can oppose and end the work of peace that has begun today in the lives of these young men. And that is the hope for peace for our world and our nation. That young men will still come forward and confess the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and have God at work in their lives and bring peace in this world. That is the hope for all of us. The hope that we will witness today that we will reconfirm and confess our own faith along with them and commit ourselves to a life of peace that Jesus Christ can make possible in our lives, in our church, 
in our community, and in the world. Thanks be to God, through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, joined together in perfect relationship of peace and love, now and forever. Amen.